Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome to another release of Investor Stories. On this installment, the experts talk about their investment philosophy, how they evaluate early stage startups, and how that may be unique from other venture investors. Here is the segment called Venture Investor Strategy. For this installment of Venture Investor Strategy, we have Imran Ahmad of OCA Ventures. Imran, if you had to sum up your investment approach and evaluation strategy for early stage startups, how would you describe it and how is it unique or differentiated from other venture investors? So OCA is O'Connor and Associates by its moniker. And O'Connor and Associates was at one point the largest or one of the largest derivatives trading firms in Chicago and across much of the world. So our background in that financial technology, financial services sector is is part of our uniqueness in our own DNA. That being said, we do invest in a lot of core technology businesses, and that's really our bread and butter today. It's computer science and you know, electrical engineering type businesses that you would think of. So software, not necessarily hardware. My own personal philosophy when it comes to investing, however, really stems from what I'll call human nature and values. So I'll give you an example. Every time I evaluate a company, I I try to determine if it falls into one of three buckets. The first bucket is people are lazy. I count myself in that category. I'm stupid and lazy. Um, And it really makes a difference when you're evaluating a product. Is this product going to make my life easier? And is it simple to use? I do not want to have you know, three clicks to do a task when I can have one click to do a task. And PayPal realized this a little bit later in the process when they did one-click checkout. And it makes a big, big difference regarding the success of a product. If you can make people's lives easier, easier so they don't have to do as much, or if you can make people's lives simpler so they don't have to understand as much. One of our big investments is a company called Base CRM, and it's a CRM platform a lot of people liken to Salesforce, but it's a lot more simple than Salesforce. If you were to look at Base's UI and Salesforce's UI, you would say that Base is better. It's much easier to ingest data. It's much easier to track your sales leads. And that's really how I, t- I try to look at investments. The, the last sort of big uh, industry human nature bucket that I look to is people are, at the end of the day, self-serving. 
And it may come across that I, I'm you know, down on people. I am not. I think people are great. But at the end of the day, there's things in human nature that drive people to adopt new products. And if you don't fit or uh, get to one of those one of those traits, you're going to be in trouble. I know some investors only look at companies that if you're involved in one of the seven deadly sins, that's the type of deal that they'll wow. invest in. So, you know, those human nature type analyses are, are very difficult to do. But just understanding that you're trying to make people's lives simpler and easier guides a lot of my product decisions and guides a lot of my investment decisions. Is there one of those human nature characteristics that stands out? on investments that you've made? I'd say the biggest one is people are lazy. And that you'll see in almost every investment that we've made and that I've made has sort of stemmed from that trait. If you can make people's lives easier when they go in and out of a parking garage, that's our investment in Spot Hero. That is a big, big benefit that you are providing to the world. And you'll see that theme even with Pangea. If you can find people who don't have to go to a Western Union brick and mortar and I can go to the, the bodega down the street, I will probably use that service. And so I'd say that the people are lazy aspect really is a, is a common thread. And it, again, it's not to denigrate people. It's just you know the nature. We want things to be simpler. Yeah, something you said a bit earlier, we've talked a lot about purchasers and users of a product and ultimately removing friction in both processes. So removing friction in that purchase process and removing friction in the use model and making it easier to adopt and engage with. Yep, exactly. For this installment of Venture Investor Strategy, we have Dave Burkus. Dave, if you had to sum up your early stage investment strategy or philosophy, how would you describe it and how is it unique or differentiated from other venture investors? I pick my uh, battles by picking the areas in which I have some knowledge. And so it is internet, uh, software, gaming, uh, software and systems. And uh, for me, now it's becoming more big data because I have more experience in big data. And I, through my associates and friends, invest in medical technologies as well. By selecting just those areas where I have expertise available to me or expertise of my own, uh, I am feeling like I am gaining a little edge. And in many cases, I go on to the board or sometimes now the advisory board of those companies so that it's not just to monitor an investment, it's to leverage the opportunity and to use whatever skills I can to help those companies to grow. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers, constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. 
Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to PacWest.com to learn more. So today we're speaking with Rob Go of NextView Ventures. Rob, can you talk about how you evaluate and select early stage startups and how that may be unique from other venture investors? Yeah, so, you know, obviously selecting early stage companies is very much an art. Um, and every venture investor essentially looks at the same three things, right? Team, product, and market. I would say a couple of things that we look at that are maybe a, a distinctive slice on these things. Um, first, on the team side, we, we tend to look for what we call authentic founders. So these are founders who approach a problem not in an academic kind of way where they say, hey, you know, what are some problems that are interesting? Let's solve a problem, but rather are going after experiences that are you know, deeply personal or born out of very, very direct experiences. And you know, that's why they're starting these companies and that's why they have a unique insight into solving these problems. So we love authentic founders. You know, on the, uh, the product side, we, uh, you know, I, I tend to think about companies that can deliver a product or service that has the potential to be 10 times better, faster, or cheaper than the competition, and also has the potential to have 10 times the market share of their next uh, closest competitor. And so essentially what you're looking for is two things, right? One is that there is something about the technology or the product that is an order of magnitude better than what exists because it's the startup being, uh, you know, two times better typically doesn't uh doesn't cut it. Um, and then the second is that, you know, you have uh, the potential for, for high market share because there's some, you know, uh, increasing returns to scale in the business, either through a network effect or some other uh, source of defensibility so that, you know, when you win, you can really dominate a market and become uh, extraordinarily large and, and it's worthwhile. And then on the market side, you know, I have a blog post on this, but a lot of people are fixated on, you know, are, is this market really big and is it growing? You know, I, I think uh, that's a little bit simple, simplistic. You know, we, we tend to think about, you know, what are it's sort of a it's, it's a very academic thing. It's like a traditional Porter's five forces. You know, is this an attractive market across a bunch of different dimensions? And, you know, we tend to be believers that, you know, the, the old adage that uh, when a great team meets a uh, lousy market, the market retains its reputation. Um, you know, we're, we're mindful that uh, it's very hard to uh, to win in a challenging uh, market. Um, but we're also excited about founders who can create new markets and, and you know, maybe shift the dynamics in the market towards something that's more attractive down the road. Are you looking for founders that are creating a market or fundamentally changing the paradigm of a market? Or do you also go after uh, technologies in existing markets? Yeah, we do a little bit of, of both. Um, you know, one of the things that we, uh, we talk about is uh, going for Golazo companies. So Golazo is a, a slang for a spectacular, beautiful goal in soccer. One of my partners, Lee, is a soccer nut. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, we coined that phrase uh, and we talk about that a lot, right? Like what's the Golazo of this business? And so, you know, we do look for companies that are either going to transform a market by doing something completely different or inventing a new market uh, where one didn't exist or, or a different sort of market existed before, because we think that, again, you know, it, 
venture is a uh, outliers kind of business and you know you need to go after opportunities that have the potential to completely change markets and, and be industry defining companies and so we tend to like those types of opportunities that will wrap up this installment of investor stories head over to the fullratchet.net to leave a comment sign up for the newsletter or find resources discussed on any of the episodes until next time, remember to over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for listening. <laughs>